Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and today on this episode, we're going to do something that we haven't done before. We're going to tell a political story. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with and making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. 20 years ago, I began going to the outdoor retailer trade show. It was very exciting. The energy was intense. There were manufacturers, media, people from all over the world. Everyone from the people who make the fabric that your tent is made out of, that your technical shirt is made out of, that your backpack is made out of, to the companies who actually make it into those shirts, backpacks, shoes, kayaks, you name it, camping stoves, snowshoes, all of it. This is the place where everybody in the world who focuses on outdoor recreation comes together to show and to sell and to celebrate. And this group of people is not your typical. This is people who love to play, who love the outdoors, who have a great passion for it. So these trade shows are just wild energy from beginning to end. And every six months, the one in the winter, the one in the summer, um, it would be a buildup and it would be exciting and fun to go. And I'm lucky enough to live in Utah. And for the last 22 years, this trade show has been held in Utah. And everyone from across the world travels here to be at this show. Well, loving this show like I do and the industry like I do and the people that you meet and make contacts with over the years it becomes lifestyle, it becomes a larger movement, it becomes something that is just a deep part of yourself. Well, recently there was a political situation come up and we're going to do a little exploring of that story today. Bears ears. In December, Barack Obama protected 1.35 million acres of public lands surrounding the San Juan County Cedar Mesa. Now, he made it Bears Ears Monument. That's what it was. There was a lot of controversy about it. Since 2013, oil and gas industries have expressed interest in leasing over 105,000 acres of land that is inside or within a mile of this new monument that was set aside. But what often doesn't get pointed out is this space, this particular space that they want to drill in, is abundant in rock art and archaeological sites. I mean, there are tens of thousands, according to the Salt Lake Tribune, of archaeological sites. Some of them I have backpacked to. Some of them I've been to and seen and slept next to. Um, This land is considered sacred by Native American tribes, and it is some of the most phenomenal and beautiful land that you've ever seen. So Obama said, quote, today's actions will help protect this cultural legacy and will ensure future generations are able to enjoy and appreciate these scenic and historic landscapes, unquote. 
Senator Orrin Hatch called it a travesty and declared he would do everything he could to reverse it, along with Senator Mike Lee, who are both introducing legislation to exempt Utah from the Antiquities Act, which is what the Antiquities Act was what allowed Obama to set this aside. And Senator Orrin Hatch and Senator Mike Lee claiming Utahns don't want it, but they're forgetting that the Bears Ears Intertribal Coalition, made up of representatives of the Hopi Nation, the Navajo Nation, the Ute Mountain Tribe, the Ute Indian Tribe of the Uinta Ure, and the Zoni Tribes, along with hundreds and thousands of Utahns across the board, as well as support from Utah's elected officials, that there was actually great support for it. That the handful of people who didn't want it, um, you know how you get with political issues. Each side is claiming that everybody wants it. What I can tell from the outside looking in, and of course being a part of this outdoor recreation industry, and people who um, listening to speeches, and people who are from that area down there, um, they're saying, you know, the senators are claiming that we need the jobs down here, that that that's why we need to drill here because we need that in. They said, no, no, we don't. We have so many jobs. We need people to move here to fill the jobs. And it's not about the oil. It's about the recreation. So, of course, we have we have a debate, a serious situation going on here. Um, but let me tell you a little bit more about the land. So locations like Comb Ridge are found inside the Bears Ears Monument. We've also got Valley of the Gods, the Moon House, Natural Bridges, Park Canyon Wilderness Area, Grand Gulch, Indian Creek, House on Fire. These are all found within the newly designated Bears Ears National Monument. And I can tell you from personal experience backpacking in these areas that it is a sandstone paradise of mesas, cliffs, canyons, gulches, and rivers, unlike anything you've ever seen unless you go down there and spend time. It's the stuff of calendars and all the pictures you've seen of the Red Rocks of Utah. This area that's set aside as the National Monument is what this area is made up of. So, for example, Grand Gulch alone is known for well-preserved ruins. And as I slept in my tent in the gulch after each day of desert exploration on the ghosts of these past civilizations, they just tickled the boundaries of my mind. The nights under the dark skies full of stars, the days wandering and wondering at the petroglyphs, the pictographs, incredibly well-preserved ruins dating back 1,200 years, homes and cities built from sandstone bricks, sheltered under cliff overhangings, the walls these peoples lived within, the doors they ducked through. Sometimes there were shards of pots or petrified corn cobs they ate from. The land protected by the new monument designation is one of the most scenic and sacred lands in Utah, and it holds all of that. While I realize that all of the drilling isn't taking over all of these areas, the fact that it becomes open, that it's no longer protected, that it is open to this kind of development drilling, there's, there's got to be different places. We don't have to have this attack right on this sacred and most scenic and most historic lands available. So according to Utah Governor Gary Herbert, he pleads the case that all of Utah was ignored and that President Obama overstepped his bounds, while voices all around him from the Native Americans, from locals, from elected officials, probably prove him wrong. There are 
all kinds of voices to the contrary that are really happy and want this set up. So let's go back now to the Outdoor Retailer Show. So here's a political move that comes in. On July 27th, 2017, the Outdoor Retailer Show held its last huge multi-million dollar trade show after 22 years of holding it here in Salt Lake. International trade show. They canceled holding it here in Salt Lake and moved it to Denver, Colorado as a protest against the Utah governor for not supporting public lands. On this day, leaders and members of the outdoor recreation industry created signs and made speeches and gathered over 3,000 strong to march to the Utah Capitol building. The following are interviews and stories from those who were marching in the protest. So let's listen to some of their stories and find out why they love the land, why they're marching, and why they're taking a stand for what they believe in. So I'm here with Cameron Jarman, and tell me, Cameron, what the march is about and why you're here. And you're also with Keep It Wild, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're here as a first time OR. Uh, we're walking the, the floor, and I'm with Keep It Wild Co. So we are based out of Arizona. We are a mission-based company that takes a portion of our proceeds through our online website. We sell outdoor apparel. And we take a portion of those proceeds and we do wilderness cleanups. We fund them, we host them, we promote them, and we do it in our local Arizona wilderness and moving in and throughout the, the southwest. Tell me a story about you doing an actual cleanup. Like, do you have a story that comes to mind of people yes. being involved? And Yeah, so our very first cleanup that we ever organized was in back in February. So we're a baby company. And we had over 500 volunteers come out. Several nonprofits and land advocacy groups came out to support us. And uh, we cleaned over 18,000 pounds of trash. So, from where? Uh, from the Salt River in Arizona, which was one of the water lifebloods of, uh, of the state. So it gets trashed every year and it needs to be cleaned and there's not a whole lot of responsibility out there and so we uh, we took uh, initiative and and went out. That is so awesome. So you're getting people involved but you're also, is this time you're donating or are you making money off it or what does it look like? Yeah, so it's now a full-time job for myself and for my business partner. He's a full-time videographer but I was a seventh grade math teacher and I just recently quit to pursue this full-time, so, yeah. Nice! Isn't it nice to be doing things to make the world better? Yeah. <laughs> so what's your story? How did you transition from being a seventh-grade math teacher to um, taking on a great big conservation effort like this? Yeah, great question. So my wife and I are both actually school teachers, and we are outdoor enthusiasts, grew up in the outdoors, and we saw a need for trash collection and removal, keeping our lands wild in wilderness places. And we finally got fed up actually rafting the same river that we cleaned up for our very first cleanup. We saw trash, we saw beer, we saw grills and coolers being left behind, lawn chairs and so forth. And we just got fed up. So we decided to do something about it. And so we used the power of social media and uh, we host cleanups and we we spread the word that way. 
So if people want to follow you and check out what you're doing, what are your hashtags? So our website is www.keepitwildco.com and our main social uh, media site is Instagram. We use that pretty heavily and it's you follow us at hashtag let's keep it wild or our handle at let's keep it wild. Awesome. Thanks, Cameron. And tell me, why are you here today to do this march? Uh, we, and where are you? We are uh, in the march today for public lands for making our uh, voices heard in the state of Utah. And uh, we, just, we just came to support, have our voices heard, and uh, join along with everybody else. Thank you. Morgan Louvier here at um, Salt Lake City getting ready for the march on the Capitol for Public Lands. Um, why are you here? I am here to fight for our public lands. Ever since I was a little girl, my dad got me outside and that was the way that I bonded with him was in our national forests and camping and hiking and exploring and I think that it's really important for future generations to understand the value of our public lands, um, just like I did. And so and here I am fighting for them now and I think that it, it really does make a difference um, when we march, when we call, when we email, when we talk to our representatives to make sure that our voices are heard. Um, Where are you from? I'm from Flagstaff, well I live in Flagstaff, Arizona, but I'm from Mesa, Arizona originally. And what do you do for a profession? Um, I'm a freelance adventure photographer, um, so I like to get out and shoot people having fun in the outdoors. Um, I think that photography also helps me connect with the land in a really intimate way um, that not a lot of people get to experience. I'm always looking for the most remote places, the most protected places, the most um, isolated places because when we're alone in the wilderness, we experience a type of connection to the land that we wouldn't experience in a city or around a ton of people. Um, and I think that there's really something special about that. I totally agree. So what, um, do you have a story, uh, imp one story about your experience in the wilderness, something that was meaningful to you? So I have a little story from this week uh, driving up here. Um, so we drove from Flagstaff um, through the Vermilion Cliffs to the North Rim. Um, and it was my first time seeing that area. I mean, it's right in my backyard, right near Flagstaff, Arizona, just two hours outside of it. But driving through there in the middle of a monsoon and watching the water roll down the cliffs, there was something really, really special about seeing an area like that for the first time um, that I don't ever think that I will experience the same way again. I think that a lot of different areas have different um, feelings to them. So, for example, like a forest feels different than a desert, and the ocean feels different than the mountains. Um, and there was something really, really rare that I haven't experienced before. Uh, seeing the Vermilion Cliffs for the first time and just seeing that that very pure area um, and I can't wait to explore it. I'm so excited and I really hope that it's around still for me to keep uh, exploring and, and learning about it and feeling that feeling. So we're with Alicia Ricard. You're here at the march. Tell us why you're here. Um, I grew up in the high Sierras in California, Northern California, and I grew up right next to Yosemite. So Yosemite is a really special place, and so is everything in the Sierras. So it holds really dear to my heart to be able to keep everything open and ready for the next generation to be able to use. Today we are in Salt Lake City, marching to the Capitol, right? Yep. And 
do you have a story of you in the land, in the Sierras, wherever you were, that's, that's meaningful, that you can share, that shows your interaction with the land? Well, pretty much where I grew up, it, there was only 150 people, so I was surrounded by nature my entire life. So pretty much the trees, the rocks, the rivers, the snow, um, the mountains were my best friends. And it's just part of my DNA. So I would do anything and everything to protect it. And pretty much that's what we're, we're all here for, is pretty much on the same path. Carla from Vermont, why are you here at the march? So I'm here because I personally believe in public lands. I have enjoyed being out in the wilderness, hiking, camping um, all my life. And I think that it's as much personally as it is for business sense and the economic sense. Um, so we're with 1% from the planet. Um, so we connect businesses to the outdoors. Um, and all of our businesses stand for... Um, giving back to the earth, um, like having a responsibility to give back. Um, so as part of that, we want to stand up and get land is one of our focus areas. And we think it's our responsibility to protect the places we play, really. So from a personal level, what is your, what was one of your favorite camping trips? Oh. Um, so I grew up on Lake George in the Adirondacks in Saratoga, I mean in uh, New York. And really, we um, go out and there's, you unplug, there's, there's nothing but a fire and people around and um, like the mysteries of being outside. It's kind of um, surprises and like learning something you didn't know about being out there. And there's something bigger than us. I mean, I think um, protecting land for people is important, but also protecting land for the, like, the animals and the ecosystem. Um, it's a balance and I think it's been tipping the wrong way for a while, so. So we're here with David Petrie from Farm to Feet and he is walking on this public land march as well. Um, David, why? Well, I think the primary reason is, uh, like with the Farm to Feet uh, tagline, uh, that uh, Farm to Feet is 100% American, public lands are 100% American. I mean, they are part of who, what America is and why uh, makes America so special is that we we've saw the foresight to protect these great places for future generations. And as a father and uh, with daughters who love the outdoors, um, knowing that we're doing our part to try to protect the legacy of these, uh, the, the great work that's happened over the last hundred plus years for them and for their children and for their children's children. Can you tell me a story about you and your daughters doing things in the outdoors? I, absolutely. We just got back from a two-week um, vacation. My oldest daughter is in Spain on uh, studying abroad, but my youngest daughter, my 15-year-old, who absolutely adores the outdoors. We spent uh, two weeks in Washington State. Uh, we're on the San Juan Islands, uh, hiking, biking, kayaking, and then we went and then we went to one of the newest national monuments there, uh, Iceberg Point, and then spent uh, the rest of our vacation uh, doing hiking in the Cascades. A little bit of time in the North Cascades National Park, did some awesome hikes with some great spectacular views. Uh, it was just amazing. Great two weeks and then I had to come here. <laughs> you got to come here. I got to come here, yeah, exactly. So you're from North Carolina? North Carolina, yeah. Cool. And we have, and one of the things about North Carolina is we, from the mountains to the ocean, we have wonderful public lands. You have the Great Smoky Mountains on the western part of our state, although Tennessee likes to claim them. Uh, but then we have the, uh, the uh, 
the National Seashore and the Outer Banks, and um, we have uh, national forests like the Pisgah National Forest. We have the Blue Ridge uh, Parkway that goes through Virginia and North Carolina. So we have so many wonderful public lands in our state, as well as state of North Carolina has great state parks. I live within an hour's drive of three iconic state parks in North Carolina, and it's just amazing. Lucky you. Yeah. So tell me your name and why you're here at the march. My name is Bryant O'Coin, and uh, where you're from? Too. And I'm from Durango, Colorado. And uh, we spend my wife and my friends and I. We travel to Utah um, almost every month on the weekends. It's our uh, Indian Creek is our home away from home, and uh, you know we really love it there. And what are you doing there? We're climbing. We are uh, we're climbing attics, um, and so. Um, you know, and every time we go to that place, we're really trying to leave it better than we came there. And so, you know, we very much practice leave no trace, and um, it's a place that we want to protect, and it's, you know, we actively try to protect it when we're there. And so, the threat of that place being, I don't know, taken away from us, sort of, and like not open to public access is frightening to me. What do you think about the Bears Ears situation? It's disappointing where it's headed. I think it's short-sighted and that uh, there's more possibility of recreation and if they're really focused on a monetary, if they want to make money from public lands, like there's other ways to do it than um, privatizing them and extracting resources. And I know there needs to be a balance between those two, um, but the way that Utah's going is unacceptable in my eyes. And I mean, we have not come here you know, I've avoided spending my money in this state because of their stance on certain things. And so, um, yeah, I'm marching today because, you know, it's cliche, but I, I want to protect the places I play in. And Utah is a beautiful state, and I don't think that the government reflects its beauty and wants to protect it. And so trying to stand up and, yeah, stand up for what I believe in. So I'm talking with Jamie Clark from the Wilderness Society. Um, Jamie, why do you feel like wildlands are important? Why do you do what you do? We are here today marching because we really think, we know that public lands are super important to the outdoor industry. And honestly, we've been around since 1935, the Wilderness Society has, and we specifically do primarily public lands protection work. And our mission is to protect wild places and inspire Americans to care for wild places. And uh, we come here to the show because we know that people who build their careers and their livelihoods around um, the outdoor industry and playing outside, are uh, their whole livelihood depends on these places. So it's really encouraging to see this many people getting out and making their voice heard and letting the Utah delegation know that when they don't support public lands, uh, we don't support them. So what are some examples of the public lands in Utah? Can you name some? Yeah, well, the first one that comes to mind is, of course, Bears Ears National Monument, which we work super hard, and a lot of groups and individuals across the country have worked super hard to protect. And uh, that designation back in December was a huge victory. And seeing the Trump administration try to reverse that is a very egregious um, disservice to the, the country. What are some other ones? Uh, Grand Staircase Escalante is another one that comes to mind. Of course, it's another one that's under threat right now with the Sinkies Monument Review. Um, 
and there's a whole host. I mean, Utah has a huge percentage of public lands here in the in the state. I just want to encourage everyone who enjoys playing outside and getting out into the wilderness and out on public lands uh, to do their part in making sure these places remain protected for our future. And how can they do that? Ah, yes, they can do that by contacting their senators, paying close attention to what's happening and, you know, which what kinds of threats are coming up to public lands. We're in unprecedented times with the Trump administration right now um, and what they're trying to do to reverse protections and uh, increase extraction on public lands. and Extraction of what? Uh, oil and gas, mining, a uh, whole host of different extractive industries, but those would probably be the the key ones. Oh, my name is Caroline Gleick, and I am a professional skier, adventure athlete, and environmental activist. Um, so today we are marching from the Salt Palace to the Capitol, and it is a really sad day as a Utah resident and someone who's been going to the OR show for over 10 years. Like, I've been to t probably 20 shows, close to 20 shows, and it's really sad because having the OR show leave really hurts our local economy. It hurts the public perception of our state. It hurts tourism. And it's really devastating to me as someone who lives here. And so what, we're, what I'm hoping out of this march today is that our Utah elected officials take notice and they see that their decisions have a reverberating effect that is going to go far outside of Utah. It's really going to negatively impact tourism and our outdoor recreation economy for a long time. And so hopefully that will affect their future decision making. I hope it does too. Yeah. Um, so as a professional skier, what's, what are some of your stories that you have of being here and skiing and why do you love being here in Utah? Well, I love being here in Utah because the mountains are, we have some of the best snow in the world, and the mountains are incredibly close. The access is great. And I also equally love the Red Rock, the national parks, the national monuments, like all of our public lands throughout the state. I mean, the landscapes here are like no other place in the world. They are incredibly special, and they are national treasures that need to be protected. So as a professional skier, where do you ski? What do, you, do you race or do you do films or what do you do? I'm a ski mountaineer, so I climb up the mountains and I ski down them. So I really like exploratory adventure skiing and going to places where there are not resorts or chairlifts. Like, my legs are my chairlift. So I hike up the mountain and it's important for me to be fit and also very technically um, trained so that I can handle all of the challenges in the mountains with my own human power. This episode is not about political parties. This episode is about people taking a stand for the things that they believe in, for creating a story that represents who they are, what they believe in, and taking action to stand up for it. This episode is about public lands and the fights for keeping them and saving them and why some people do what they do. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Love Your Story podcast. A little bit different. Thanks for bearing with me. And hopefully you, you learned something or found a takeaway from this angle. Go to www.loveyourstorypodcast.com and share your thoughts with me on 
this topic or on other topics that you think would be interesting to hear about. Also, t-shirts, Love Your Story t-shirts available on the website, so you can go there to purchase them. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We're excited to see you next week where more interesting interviews will unfold. Mm -hmm.